Welcome to the Journey Woman Podcast, an extension of Journey Church, where we gather at the table for conversations designed to encourage women to grow deeper, stronger, and forward in their faith journey. Grounding our conversations on the truth of God's Word so that our roots grow down deep in Him, providing a firm foundation so we can grow a healthy and strong faith. Welcome into the Journey Women Podcast. It's your girl, April Stallworth, and I'm joined by, you know who she is, Joanna Keene. Hey, Jay Kizzle. How hey, girl. are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Ready to rock and roll? I am, yeah. We just got done with a gather. So yes. Gather yes. was awesome. So mm-hmm. I heard a lot of wonderful things about Kenosha. I was actually at our Beach Park campus mm-hmm. for Gather, mm-hmm. but I did hear that we had a couple of um, salvations. Yes. So And there did. were a lot of first-time attenders, which was really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of people are just inviting like their moms and yes. their um, co-workers. Um, mm-hmm. It's just turned into a really great night to chill with your girlfriends. Yes, so. yes. It was awesome. I mm-hmm. was in Kenosha. Um, it was a panel mm-hmm. in Kenosha. It was fabulous. I was on it. We had a great time. <laughs> we missed you, though. Thank you. you. But it's good for you to spread yourself around, go to the different campuses and stuff. So, so we have a special special podcast today yes we do we have guests and all and first and foremost our lead pastor is here pk mm-hmm. hey everybody Kevin. Wow. it's good oh. to be back <laughs> <laughs> welcome back thanks most, it's great to be here yeah most people don't get on here twice so i know uh, right mm, you like must that be was a big special. deal around here. yeah <laughs> we're glad you could join us tonight and why are you here pastor kevin well i have a guest Oh, you have a guest. Yeah, we have a guest. Okay. Is that all right? Yeah. Hey, let's go. Yeah, you know, we, a lot of the listeners probably don't know that we're Assemblies of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, a lot lot do, Mm -hmm. uh, but there's Mm -hmm. so many new people all the time, and we don't Mm -hmm. say it every week, right? Right, right. Um, But we are part of the Assemblies of God uh, denomination, uh, global, uh, about 13,000 churches. 13,000 churches in the U.S. Churches in the U.S., and so we have with us this weekend uh, Doug Clay, who is a superintendent of all of the U.S. conglomerate of churches. And so I think that's pretty cool and pretty that's special. Um, he'll wow. he'll downplay that, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it is. It's an honor to have him here mm-hmm. uh, to take the time. He's busy schedule, traveling mm-hmm. all over the country and the world, and yeah. that he would take a weekend and visit us in Little Kenosha. Right. That's kind of cool, right? It's so really yeah, cool. so he's here with us today. Well, yeah. let me just start out by saying I started out on the campus at 8.30 this morning. So I've been in the foyer area. I've been in pastor's office. I've been in the main area. But this room is the power room, all right? See, so April, uh-huh. there is swag in this room like I haven't yet experienced. It took so. him about two minutes to realize that. So. Oh my goodness, well welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us. We're so glad that you were able to spend this time, even after a, a long day of preaching and teaching and yeah. talking and all that good stuff. So we're just gonna jump right in, is that all hey, right? Hey, cool, I'm, I'm game. Okay, cool, cool. Um, Doug, just talk about the, you know, a little bit about the history of the AG and um, maybe about the future of the movement as you see it. Yeah. So, you know, the Assemblies of God is a 105-year-old network of churches. Mm-hmm. We started in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And about 300 people 
gathered from around the United States. Um, Pentecost hit out in California at the Azusa Street mm -hmm. uh, Revival. So they got together and said, we want to have loose structure, <clears throat> but we really want to have this missional <clears throat> impact. Hmm. So they gathered around this mission statement that we commend ourselves and this fellowship to the greatest evangelism the world has ever seen. Hmm. So now 105 years down line, we're 71 million worldwide, 360,000 churches. There are Incredible. 10 times more Assembly God churches in the world than there are McDonald's restaurants. So Whoa. people right. don't always understand that. that. It is a fun fact. <laughs> wow. So the network that uh, Journey belongs to is the Assemblies of God, and it's a global network. In fact, 95% mm. of Assemblies of God people reside outside the United States. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really kind of been the ethos and embedded in our DNA that we're that. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit yeah. of who we are. You know, sometimes when you're known for being a, a charismatic, spirit-empowered Pentecostal church. A lot of people have a perception about that. They have a, um, whether it's good or bad, but I, I get asked all the time, what do you wanna be known for? As, as an Assembly of God church, what do you, and I can, I can say that very clearly. I want the Assemblies of God churches to be Bible-engaged, spirit-empowered, and missions participating. Hmm. Yeah, so right good. there, those three. Mm -hmm. After that, I don't care. You want dark lights, <laughs> light light. You want mm -hmm. structure worship, unplugged worship. You know, high impact. But if 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 our churches in our network are all in on scripture, all in on spirit, all in on mission, that's who I believe the Lord's called us to be. That's mm -hmm. awesome. I. If, it's really good. Yeah, I let me let me ask you the question that probably was was the more polite question to start off with, was just about you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know your your story, your family. Back it up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, it's it's really cool to be on the Journey Women podcast because I'm I'm the product of being raised by a single mom and right the local now. church. So I just um, I'm a preacher's kid, so I was born and raised in the church. But when I was nine years old. My dad died suddenly of a massive heart attack, and uh, yet I never felt the negative impact because um, there was a lot of godly men in the church. And I would just say to any of the sisters or ladies that are listening to this podcast, and you might be a single mom, uh, first of all, I want to declare to you, you're my hero. Mm -hmm. And Amen. secondly, I want you to know you can make it. You yes. can make it, but you'll need the life and the chemistry that a, a church like journey provides where there are there are spiritual dad figures that can yes. come alongside and yes. provide that so i had that benefit um i'm tight my mom's my best friend she's 89 years old she she blogs she facebook and right. uh, she is she's a piece of work she's got more energy than all of us in this room in fact it. at 85 my mom announced to us that she wanted a mac for christmas she was awesome. going to tramp. I said, Ma, what do you want to? She said, The graphics are bad. I said, Who told you the graphics? <laughs> so my mom is a Mac user, 89 year old single mom Bless Mac using. That is so awesome. You should befriend her on Facebook, Audrey Clay, and say, Hey, we interviewed your little boy. He's doing really good. Keep him in the will. You know, so. I love that. That's awesome. And I, I just, I, I love the shout out to single moms. Yeah. I'm a single mom. Mm hmm. Yep. Um, I have one daughter, mm. my alpha, my omega. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's uh, <laughs> she's 23. Cool. And um, I was one of the co-founders of the Our Single Moms Life Group right here at Journey Church. Awesome. And I know none of that was coincidence that God placed me in a church where our lead pastor is the product of a single mm -hmm. mom environment mm -hmm. and that 
we value all different kinds of families here and we have a lot of single moms in our Mm -hmm, congregation mm -hmm. like when we first founded um the group was like is anybody gonna come and boy did they come yeah Mm -hmm. just they came and it's just been a blessing to be Mm -hmm. able to um Mm -hmm. yeah minister to them and awesome um, awesome you know pour into them so Mm -hmm. thank you for always for shouting out the single moms so what are what are some of the issues or the platforms that you're wanting to address as the general superintendent sure well certainly the the overarching is um bible engagement that then can help us assist our people in developing a biblical worldview Let's be honest, everybody has a worldview. I mean, your worldview is based on your upbringing, your circumstances, your ethnicity. You and I share a worldview that we were raised by a single, or I was raised by a single mom, you are single. Mm -hmm. But not everybody's worldview is shaped by scripture. Mm. So my, kind of my understanding of what a world, a biblical worldview is this, teaching our children how to interpret the realities of life through the lenses of scripture. So how do you how do you interpret the political culture? How do you interpret the human sexuality culture? How do you interpret certain agendas that people through the lenses of scripture, not just through uh, uh, news outlets? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that would be that would be really big for me is that that Bible engagement. And then I said, if you would break that down, um, I want the assemblies of God to feel really good in teaching a biblical perspective on human sexuality. I think for a while the church has kind of been quiet uh, on the issues of purpose of sex, value of life, sanctity of marriage, and then how to be a good neighbor to your LGBTQ neighbor. Mm. And so those are four topics that um, we've developed some resource on and want to just give the church permission not to speak at it from a political perspective or not to speak at it from um, uh, an angered perspective, but teach it from a this is god's plan for human sexuality this is god's plan for marriage yes there's a lot of but and then to feel very good that you're offering that perspective uh from scripture so that would be a that'd be when you talk about an issue you want to address that would be one yeah Mm. I think that's a really valid topic right now. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, last night, one of our speakers for Gather specifically shared about coming out of um, a situation of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And she gave a really good piece of advice. She said, we need to be welcoming people in before the change happens or before sure. they become something. They need to belong to something. Um, and I think one of the things that she opened my eyes to is the fact that God is the one who changes people. God is the one who deeply impacts sure. people. Uh, we need a relationship with him regardless yeah. of where we stand um, in, in all of that. Well, I think we've been uh, maybe guilty of inappropriately labeling. Hmm. You know, And I, w- I want to encourage our Christians not to label. I get it. You know, sin is sin, and mm-hmm. and, and sure. I, I believe Scripture. But I, I find it interesting. We don't call somebody a a label as it relates to overeating, or we don't call someone a label as a gossiper. You know, and, mm. and so, but in this area of human sexuality and that particular struggle that people might have in their life, we seem to throw this label on that that mm-hmm. creates this stiff arm. Mm-hmm. You know, my desire is is this. 
every human being bears the image of Jesus. Yes. Because we are created in his image. So we all bear the image. That also tells me every human being has the ability to accept Christ's love in their life. Yeah. yeah. So why do I want to throw a label on someone and provide hurdles for them to come in and to right, experience right. Um, the love that Jesus has for them? So. That's good. That's really good. That's yeah. really good. I appreciate that. So I think that kind of flows right into to the next question I was going to ask about maybe some of the danger spots um, that the Assemblies of God is trying to avoid um, or may, where you may see some difficulty well, on the horizon. Yeah, thanks. You know, that's that's a great question. I, I don't, Not just for the Assemblies of God, but the church at large. Mm-hmm. This is a stressful time yes. in our culture today. And I... I would submit to you that the new weapon that the enemy is using to try to divide the church is politics. It used to be worship style. (laughs) It used to be, well, are you contemporary? Are you conservative? Are you an emerging church? Are you seekers? But it seems like today that politics is the new weapon that the enemy is using to divide the church. I I tell a lot of pastors, you ought to lead your people through a Fox News fast. Or a CNN news fast because these news outlets sometimes these 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 talk show personnel are so intense and they have an anger and they they're and and sometimes you're not careful that spirit finds its way into the church world and you're Mm -hmm. taking on issues that way and Mm -hmm. I just I'm deeply concerned Mm -hmm. Uh, at the same time I'm deeply concerned about some of the threats to religious freedoms that Mm -hmm. uh, are are in our culture but. the Assemblies of God's mission is not to push a political agenda mm-hmm. or to advance the kingdom of God. I feel like my responsibility is to pray for those who are in authority over me, yeah. to pray for those in power, not to push an agenda. And I know there's a balance between um, speaking on issues that you feel the right to speak to, but oftentimes I, I tell pastors, be careful how you treat and tweet people. Mm-hmm. Mm because you can certainly alienate when you start treating and tweeting people according to some political uh, affinities. And so that's just a danger for the church. Be the church, be the Mm -hmm. church. Don't don't be known as, well, there are a bunch of conservatives or independent, you know, no. We're the body of Christ that wants to advance the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. good. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. I actually read a quote that said, we know too many things that are just not the truth. Hmm. Um, yeah. And I would agree with that. I, I want to ask you though, just um, for our listeners, what is a practical way then if we if we should not be taking all of these outer sources, um, the news, like you said, as the, the sound truth, how do we then practically go about using biblical truths to make decisions about political issues. Uh, Again, it goes back to biblical Bible engagement. You know, I'll confess on this podcast, I don't don't make decisions according to my political affiliation. I want to make them according to scripture. That's good. You know, I'm not a one-dimensional. So I think, number one, secondly, I think we got to apply some filters on our emotions because it's more and more it's not just the issue at hand, it's the emotion behind how the issue is being debated or being accused. So I I think you've got to maybe watch and filter the news with a little more, less emotion that's Mm -hmm. tied to it. And, Mm -hmm. 
it's again it's just it's a kind of a new norm in our culture there's just this there's this anger there's this mm-hmm. i call it the stressing factor and uh mm-hmm. um i i also think it's it is our right as citizens to be involved to be actively involved i i, I promote that among the churches but I really ask our churches to be careful, to remain apolitical when it comes to uh, platforms, when it comes to teaching, and encourage people to filter, um, to filter the cultural issues through the lenses of Scripture. That's good. If, can I just jump in there? Yeah, Matt? absolutely. The gospel addresses everything, mm-hmm. in a sense, and our authority is the gospel. Mm. Yeah. And I don't, whenever we veer from from putting something else in, in our authority pack bucket mm-hmm. rather than the gospel, I think that's when we get into trouble. Oh, yeah. And so if we can keep the gospel our authority, then I think that we stay in some that's safe good. zones. Whenever that's we good. move out of that, we move into some danger zones. Mm-hmm. In the same same issues when we talk about diversity, which I think that's probably a question maybe we're going to discuss too. But when we start talking about that, the idea is not the idea is reconciling people to Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. not. Mm-hmm all these other kind yeah. of uh, mm-hmm. tangential kind of issues, if we can stay in the narrow lane of, we're trying to reconcile people to Jesus, yes. then some so of the rest good. of that kind of gets answered. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point. Um, I, one of the things that I tend to try to structure my biblical time around is the fact that what I'm pouring into myself is eternal. It has mm-hmm. eternal value. Mm-hmm. And so I would just even encourage our listeners the fact that the biblical truths that come from the Word of God are things that you're going to take with you outside of who's going to be the next president exactly. or um, the diversity issues that we do get so emotionally um, attached to. All of those things at some point or another are going to go to the wayside. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, one day, we are going to meet the creator of the world. And that is where we need to have the currency. We need to have the investment into our eternal salvation and our eternal relationships. Not that this is not relevant, but we need to be able to um, put that at at an appropriate level Mm -hmm. of understanding that our lives are just a vapor. We we are only here for a limited amount of time. And you were talking about the diversity thing. Um, Actually, Doug, I heard you say um, that 44% mm-hmm. of um, the AG, is it organization? Mm-hmm. The Assemblies is of God USA. The Assemblies of yeah, God so USA. Our 3 million constituents. Is diverse. Yeah. Um, could you just kind of explain how that looks um, from the top to the bottom and, and what is the intention behind that? Well, I think the intention behind it is that we want to reach the demographics of our country. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our leadership was very intentional to say, well, we're not going to just be the conservative white person's church. <laughs> so in leadership, um, you know, in an organization, whether it's a business or a church, what gets modeled at the top finds its way down. Come on, sir. It just So, for example, we have a six-person executive leadership. I, I'm elected in this position, and there are six that are elected. Of that, we have a female. She is number three in power. <laughs> so if two of us go down, she's the general superintendent. We have an African-American. We have a Hispanic. So 50% of the executive leadership team is ethnic, non-Anglo. 
So I think there's just always been an openness to that. Mm -hmm. There's been an openness to ethnicity. The other thing, we've had such a strong global presence, okay, I described that earlier on, that we're much bigger overseas than we are here. Well, now as the world's getting flatter, some of the Christian churches from Africa, South America mm -hmm. are coming here and they're already a part of our tribe. They're already mm -hmm. Assembly of God. So mm -hmm. I think part of that growth is um, just our own churches. I, you know, I'm here in Kenosha, Wisconsin, but I've already noticed uh, this church has some has a strong ethnic diversity, mm -hmm. and so um, I, I'm I'm grateful that our the the leaders before me were very intentional, very mm -hmm. intentional, and so I I think I use that word that leadership has to be intentional. It's not it's not political correctness. It's just intentionality. Yes. And so if you give daughters of the house an opportunity to lead, you know, open the door, let them lead. Mm -hmm. so. Come on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> on the Dirty Women podcast. <laughs> um, I also wanted to ask you just about um, in that topic of diversity. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with someone recently, and the question was asked to me, um, I understand that women can be in leadership, but should they really be in authority or pastoral leadership over men? And... This is something that I have to be honest, um, I've had to search the word of God about mm -hmm. this as well, because in my heart of hearts, my desire is that my husband would be the spiritual leader of mm -hmm. our home mm -hmm. and that that would be a reflection of what I see in, um, in uh, the church, the you know, corporate sure. church sure. world as well. However, I know what gifts I also have mm -hmm. and I have seen in other women as well and I know what Acts says about gifts sure. as well. So where does that come into play? What is your what is your take on yeah. on all of that? I, I would start first of all by any any of our female listeners that have felt either marginalized or not an environment to allow their giftings to flourish. I, I just want to apologize. I want to say sorry. Sorry for not recognizing the gifts and the calling that are in some of the sisters in Christ that have that. And, and uh, there's been spiritual leaders that have, uh, I don't know, put a lid or put their thumb on. I just, I just want to say I'm sorry. I think secondly, I, I, I do believe that the gift of leadership the, uh, that you just described, it's, it's evident in you, Joanna. That is different than, that, than the marital kind of expression That's where a mm -hmm. uh, husband loves his wife as Christ loved the church, a wife submits to versus leadership and the gift of administration. The gift. So I, I see the two different. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to spiritual leadership, spiritual authority in the assemblies of God, we don't have a bit of problem with the gift of leadership being expressed through men or women. That's great. And I'm, I'm grateful to be in a church where I've always been um, encouraged in my gifts mm -hmm. um, in, in leadership and in, in, um, ministry. Um, we really create a hole when we don't allow mm -hmm. that. You know, there's yeah. there are a ton of gifts and abilities and um, goods sure. that women bring to the table. If we don't utilize them, I think we miss out on some things that God has for us in sure. the church. That's good. Okay. That's good. Um, <clears throat> Kind of switching gears a little bit, do you believe it's important to define 
your denomination or can you just kind of be just attending church in general? Yeah. <laughs> You're asking that of the superintendent of the Assemblies of God. Somebody's thinking it. first kiss the ring, please? <laughs> yes, and, uh, your excellence. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I'm the first to declare the kingdom of God is a whole lot bigger than the Assemblies of God. Mm. All right? So, mm. period. Mic drop, mm-hmm. stop right yeah, there. Yeah, that's good. But in this kingdom of God pie, uh, I am jealous for our slice called the assemblies of God. Mm-hmm. So what defines us? Yeah. You know, our, our, our four, kind of our, our four core, we believe Jesus is our savior, mm-hmm. Jesus is our baptizer, Jesus is our healer, mm-hmm. and Jesus is our soon coming king. That, that kind of defines, I call it the four core. So. I'm jealous for our slice of the kingdom pie called the Assemblies of God that has embedded within us this missional drive to that everybody has the right to taste and see that the Lord is good, not just AGUSA, but around the world. I'm jealous for our slice of the pie to be the best that it can be. Mm-hmm. But I'm quick to observe we're a part of a greater kingdom pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I prefer not to be labeled, but if this is... The slice of the kingdom pie, man, I want it to be the best we can be. Mm -hmm. I want to have the best preachers. I want to have the best churches. Mm -hmm. I want to have the best outreach. I want to have the best compassion Mm -hmm. ministry. Mm -hmm. And so I am kind of jealous in that way for us, but I get it. I mean, the kingdom is so much bigger. And I Mm -hmm. think, unfortunately, denominations, I don't see it as much in a younger generation. You know, the millennials could care less about your label. Right. They're more interested in authenticity. Mm-hmm. And so much so is Gen Z, Gen Y. They're, you know, who cares what the label is? How authentic? How genuine? Yeah. What are you doing to meet the felt needs? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And, and, and I think as a 105-year-old Pentecostal denomination, um, and I'm the 13th general superintendent, I, I, I feel sort of this divine placement to kind of help keeping us kingdom minded, help mm-hmm. keeping us hey, contextualize who you are in 21st century culture. You know, mm-hmm. I use this verse a lot. One of my, one of my, one of my verses that I just really pray often is it was David who prayed in Psalm 71, 18 or 72, 18. He said, Lord, don't forsake me when I'm old and gray till I declare your power to the next generation. Mm-hmm. So I have this commitment to want to make sure the next generation in our AG slice, mm-hmm. wow, okay, that's a workable faith. Hey, mm-hmm. that spirit really were those those things are not just a passed down tradition, mm-hmm. but they're generationally um, active. Mm-hmm. So could I add something to that? Yeah, that maybe just a different perspective uh, for a reason why we should care what what we are assemblies of God or whatever it might be, as opposed to non-denominational, and that's not a criticism on non-denominational mm-hmm. churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe why millennials should care, who are all about transparency and authenticity and vulnerability and mm-hmm. things I think that I I have those elements, mm-hmm. you know, that are maybe more my strength areas, but there's accountability mm-hmm. within a network. And so... Uh, and that's why I say that you should care and the millennials should care about yeah. who's leading the church or who's on the team or the staff of the church. We are not a sale, a sale to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So there's some um, accountability to a higher organization and, and leaders sure. above us 
who hold us to some standards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're not just freewheeling. And I think that's a plus, being Mm -hmm. part of an organization, and in particular, the Assemblies of God. I think that's Mm -hmm. a a plus. Yeah. Yeah. And, And to pick up on what Pastor Kevin said, there you know, he is accountable to a set of beliefs and doctrines. Yeah. He is accountable to a moral standard. And if any of those are compromised in any way, we have the ability to step in. Yeah. So mm. I, I think that gives the attenders of a church, wow, there is an accountability there. Mm-hmm. So missional drift doesn't take place, uh, mm-hmm. um, immorality, and, and there is a strong statement unlike some of the other either denominations or non-denoms when all of that accountability lies within the local church that's when you kind of yeah. get into trouble now we're not also we're not a real we're not a heavy congregational form of government in other words we're we're what we call a voluntary cooperative fellowship i don't the fellowship doesn't mandate what songs do you sing, what mm-hmm. lights do you play, what mm-hmm. we're singing. We can wear skinny jeans if we want okay. to. And, and, you know, when you're like your, when you're like your pastor, you can wear them. But there's an accountability to the biblical absolutes mm-hmm. and to a mm-hmm. standard of conduct. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I think that really kind of um, <clears throat> gives some good information as to what, um, if you're searching for a church. Right. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things you want to, be clear on and and know of and um it's important that we do belong to a church Mm -hmm. like you you Mm -hmm. got a fellowship with the saints you Mm got to have that accountability like online church is great yes for a season (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that local community Mm -hmm. because i've 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 done online church for a season um when i uh, relocated and was finding the church and all that kind of stuff do you know that a family Mm-hmm. came last week to dedicate their child um, when we had an infant dedication. Mm-hmm. They had never been here before. Mm. They had been watching us online for two years mm-hmm. and wow. finally came to have a child dedicated when they heard that we were Amazing. doing it online. Amazing. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah. So, that is yeah. something to really, I, I've had to kind of wrap my brain around that because I am such a social person yeah um it's hard for me to understand that but the other thing that i think i've learned from that because i did hear that is the patience Mm -hmm. i mean we just have to be patient Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we have to understand that god meets people at different times you know two years yeah what an investment yeah and to know that then they felt good enough to come here mm-hmm. and to have their child dedicated. That's cool. That yeah. that's deep impact. And mm-hmm. I think that's also something mm-hmm. that millennials and the next couple of generations are looking for is are you in it for the quick fix? Are you just trying to quickly transform mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. Or are you really gonna be in this thing with yeah. me? Good. Good. Yeah. That it that is good. So go to church. If you don't mind, I would. I this was something that I saw in a book, Um, and so I wrote this down. And I just would love to know what do you mean when you say church health enthusiast? Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. Um, Because I was raised by the church, I want to give myself back to the church. Mm. One of my life verses comes from Acts chapter twenty. It's the story where Paul is preaching and they're upstairs 
and there's a kid by the name of Eutychus, E. Eutychus, sitting in the windowsill. And the Bible says in Acts 20 that Paul is talking on and on and on, and a Eutychus falls asleep and falls out of the window. Well, a contemporary translation describes that, says, after Eutychus fell, Paul went down and threw himself on the young man. He picked him up, he hugged him so hard, he hugged life back into him. Mm. And that's the picture that I want to do to the church. I want to hug pastors and hug churches so hard I hug life into them because I'm the product of a healthy church. Mm -hmm. I'm the product of the church that wasn't institutional, that wasn't backbiting, that wasn't fighting, that uh, um, my 18 years from zero to graduation from high school, I just had a positive, positive, positive church experience. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm committed to that. I'm also, I know... The older we get, what's it look like? Uh, there's a lot of different faces of churches. There's a lot of different. I would take my blueprint from Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47, that first church, mm-hmm. and there's some co- components about that early church. First of all, they were a church that were biblically engaged. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were relationally connected. Mm-hmm. I think one of the struggles of the American church today is digital relationships. Mm-hmm. We are so much digitally connected yes. that we're going to have to be creative to find ways to do this and break mm-hmm. bread together and mm-hmm. have koinonia. So a healthy church today, I think, is a Bible-engaged church, a relationally connected church. Thirdly, there's a spiritual awe factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you read those verses, it says everybody was filled with awe and wonder. Yes. That there's just like, okay, wow. Yes. Now, there was one point in the service tonight during this song, I believe he can move the mountains. Mm-hmm. I believe he'll do it again. There was an awe factor. There was yeah. like, wow, wow. You know, so you can't always get that online. You know, you just, mm-hmm. there's something about that. Then the, then the fourth component for, uh, for a healthy church is what I would call missions participation. Um, and when I talk about missions participation, I'm not just talking about having compassion for the immediate need, but having a burden for the eternal soul. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to give a backpack and to give groceries. It's another thing to make sure somebody's soul is right. Right. And yes. it's not either or, it's both and. Mm-hmm. I think earlier on in the fellowship, we were kind of shy about doing compassion thinking that was a social gospel so we never did it we would we would preach before we would feed you mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the pendulum kind of swung we're all about the acts of compassion but wait a minute wait a minute go beyond an acts of compassion someone's soul is not so i think if we neglect the eternal mm-hmm. destination mm-hmm. just to meet some immediate need we're not fulfilling our mandate and mm-hmm. so then the last thing, I think, when you look at Acts 2, 42 to 47, it says they enjoyed favor of all men or mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. I think it's incumbent upon a church to have a good reputation, mm-hmm. just to have a good reputation. So not to be known for what you stand against, but be known for what you do, mm-hmm. who you are. I don't want people to think, when they think of the assumption, oh, I know what they're against. Mm-hmm. I want them to know what we're for. Yeah. I want them more, man, we're, we're all in on scripture. We're all in on, you know, foster care. We're all in on, 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 on mission participation. So, so for me, personally, I'm indebted to the church because I was raised. I want to give myself back to that. And as a leader of a church movement now, 
Those are the critical things. Are there's relational connectivity, Bible engagement, mission mm -hmm. participation, spiritual activity, and does it have a good reputation? Mm -hmm. That's good. I love what you said about just um, growing up in the church. My kids love coming here. Mm -hmm. um, they know all the pastors by mm -hmm. name. Cool. Um, they know a lot of different people who help um, from all different diversity of the staff. Mm -hmm. um, I love that, that they look forward to coming here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and PK does this a lot, um, but he'll hashtag journey or spotted, which is kind of fun. We That's are true. a full you know, community. I feel like we are mm -hmm. a community mm -hmm. here in Vilnius and Beach Park and Burlington. I love that. I love mm -hmm. running into people and saying this, these are our people, you know. Cool. Um, so I. Yeah, I that's whenever that. I see somebody across town <laughs> or I see somebody at Menards or see somebody at Woodman's. <laughs> yeah. I just do Journey or Spotted. Yeah. Um, and so many times when I see somebody at Fresh Time or whatever it is, they'll say to me, Journey or Spotted, right? <laughs> right. Said, yeah, you got it. Right. Let me get back in my car. We'll, we'll take care of that. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's, it's kind of fun. fun. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. very cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's super cool. So as we as we kind of wrap up, um, I want to end with kind of giving some encouragement mm -hmm. to to not only church members, but also pastors, church leadership teams in our culture. Yeah. What, what would be kind of what you would say to them at this moment in time? Sure. Um, first of all, I think to... Pastors and church leaders, um, focus on health, not numbers. You know, I don't think every church is destined to be a mega church because not every pastor is equipped to be a mega church pastor, but every church can be a church of influence, you know, and uh, so I would encourage you, what's your right scorecard? You know, uh, God doesn't want um, Journey Church to be a carbon copy of... God has a unique plan just for this church, just like he has for your life. Secondly, um, I would encourage this church and uh, more and more to see the young people that come into this church, not for who they are, but for who they can be. Hmm. You know what? Uh, I grew up with people who had this inability to see me for who I could be, not just who I was. In fact, their prayers reflected that. They would yeah. pray things like, oh, God, I pray for Dougie Clay. I pray that you would just, you know, you'll bless him. Let him know that your plans to prosper him, not to... Well, sooner or later, I started believing that. Mm. And then I started chasing my dream. Mm -hmm. And now at age 56, I feel like my life has exceeded my dreams, not because of lucky breaks and not because... But just because an older generation saw me for who I could be, not mm -hmm. just who I was. Mm -hmm. wow. And, uh, you know, there's some... There's a, lot of, there's a lot of young people in this church that have dreams inside of them that are looking for moms, dads, elders, pastors to release that dream. Just to, hey, I sense something in you. You got, got, yeah. you got some special gift. Have you ever thought? Mm -hmm. And just mm -hmm. sort of release the dream. So mm -hmm. that would be my prayer. That's good. That's mm -hmm. so good. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else have anything as we close out? Yeah, I would just like to encourage our listeners to understand that our desire is that you be in a church, that you be in relationship with God mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. um, but also, Doug, having you here has been really good for me even to just remember that we are real. We mm. are just people. Mm. We are following the call that God has put on our lives, the mm, mandate that he has given us. Mm -hmm. And I want 
to encourage our listeners to just be real. Find the people that are real, that really love Jesus genuinely and pursue him and find out why they have started doing that. Ask them the hard questions and Mm -hmm. figure Mm -hmm. out for yourself why you need to have a relationship with Jesus. That's good. That's good, I uh, thanks for being here, Doug. Oh, yeah. You know, as you, as you talk, I think about our own church in relationship to the overarching vision of the denomination, and that comes from. I mean, Journey Church kind of gets that vision not solely from me, mm-hmm. but that's a, I'm a big player in that, obviously. But I get to hear my pastor and those who are over me, if you want to say it that way. Um, what the vision mm-hmm. of the denomination is, and I'm, as I'm sitting here listening, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, how does Journey Church, how are we merging mm-hmm. into what I'm hearing even at this table mm-hmm. as we talk about mm-hmm. biblical engagement? Mm-hmm. How, how is Journey Church doing that or relational connectivity? Mm-hmm. You know, how are we going to accomplish that? Mm-hmm. So that's been really good just yeah. for me to be able to hear that today. So thank oh, you for that. Yeah, no, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. It's yeah. been a privilege to be on campus. It yeah. really is. Good. Awesome. And so now, <laughs> in conclusion, April wants to. I thank you all for joining us, and I thank all our listeners. And we'll be back before you know it with another Journey Women podcast. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for the Journey Women podcast, where we gather at the table for conversations designed to encourage women to grow deeper, stronger, and forward in their faith. To find out more about Journey Women or Journey Church, go to jrnychurch.com/women or jrnychurch.com. Subscribe to our podcast through iTunes, and you can always find us on Facebook and Instagram.